Hey, it's Aldwin. And I'm Jason. This is the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. New balls, please. We put our shit together so that we can entertain you. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Come back to life, Dick Edward. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, right? I think I feel like it's another ass comment, but Jason Jason just called you on your bluff and you, you came back and you called us an albatross? I don't know what that is. Do you know what this is? It's called entertainment in all caps. Time. Ready? Play. Welcome to the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Aldwin. Episode 99. Is it? Yeah. We're Damn, son. We're one away. 100. 100. Hundo P. Have you, <laughs> have you thought about how we're going to celebrate our 100th episode? No, because I just spent an hour this afternoon figuring out what we we're going to do for this one. Guess what? What? I haven't I haven't shared this news with you, but we have no, none other than Roger Federer. <laughs> <laughs> kidding. <laughs> kidding. But some players should want to come on our show for our 100th episode. Agreed. I mean, you have enough like uh, balls to watch our our stories. I think you should just take the jump in. Hit us up for an interview. I think. <laughs> Look at us being like, you're gonna hit us up for an interview. <laughs> <laughs> We're in high demand. We're number four on the charts in Poland, so watch out. Are we? Yeah. Thank you, Hubie. Yeah. And there is somebody in Ukraine listening to us, which is eerie. And we're wishing you all the best. But why are you spending time listening to us? Escapism. Yeah. P- perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> um, okay. So typically we talk about the play from the last week and the tournament that is underway, which for the men is Monte Carlo. I'm not actually sure where the women are this week, but no women's play this week. Oh, really? Oh, that's mm-hmm. interesting. No, no WTA level tournaments. Right. Because the there is Billie Jean Cup this weekend. Correct. Right. But there are like a bunch of interesting stories. Um, well, you know, somewhat interesting stories that revolved around people posting things. <laughs> Usually it, it revolves around somebody posting something on IG. And um, I wanted to ask you which of the, you know, full disclosure, you know, <clears throat> removing the fourth wall or whatever, Aldwin and I prepare notes <laughs> so that <laughs> we have a map of how, how the show is going to go. But we... Um, we have four sort of bigger stories that we wanted to talk about. And I kind of have my own thoughts on what is, is the biggest, I think, this week. But um, wondered what your <laughs> thoughts were. Should we um, should we lay them out for our listeners so that they Ooh. know what we, what we are obviously choosing from? Yes. Good, good way of doing it. So the first one, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, a frog in my throat. Uh, the first one is we we have learned uh, last week that Bianca is making her long-awaited return after I believe six months away, resetting, um, recharging, taking a mental health break, uh, mourning the loss I think of her grandmother, um, buying a new lamp. She is <laughs> returning uh, to Stuttgart uh, after six months. 
Another is uh, Simona gets a new coach, uh, so won't spoil that if you have been under a rock. Um, we saw Federer post um, some training videos, so working out, working on that knee. What's up there? <laughs> um, and then Kim Clijsters retires once again. <laughs> <laughs> so those are the four. Um, I wonder what people would think uh, the biggest one for them i mean everyone will have their own opinion i guess based on who that who they're interested in talking about or who they're interested in but i have a i have the what i think is the biggest one do you do you want to go first we could go, count to three and then say which one we think is the biggest okay but you, uh, i've played that game before <laughs> <laughs> uh, um okay when we when we count down from three we only say one word okay okay ready three Two, one. Simona. Simona. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we did not. We did not plan that. A promise. <laughs> I completely agree with you. Why do you yeah. think it is? Okay. Well, I mean, if you take a look at the four stories, the very definition of news is that we haven't seen this before. So this new partnership literally is news because Simona is partnering with tennis giant, legend, icon coach of the sport, uh, Moradoglu, and all the other stories, girl, been there, done that. How many times have we seen Bianca post IG stories of her practicing for a tournament and then pulling out last minute? So <laughs> bye, girl, number one. Number two, Federer gets his training on. Like, we saw those lunges, bitch. Like, we know that you're trying to get back there, but, like, boo-hoo, we've seen it before. So next. Um, Speaking Kim's of next. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh Kim Kleister's retires like girl they've already played that video of all of the accolades in your career like 7 million times at the end of the year so it's like they just have to pull that video from the vault put it up on the on the WTA uh, website and be like there she goes again so <laughs> I mean like how many bouquets of flowers and boxes of chocolates do you need for your like fifth retirement so love you I know you're a little shade Emma Raducanu I'm throwing a little shade to you right now <laughs> Don't expect a lot of gifts this time because we've seen this before. So, bye. <laughs> um, uh, Kim, we know you were one of the players that saw our story, so please come on our show. <laughs> <laughs> we, we know you're... Like, just when... After you've dropped the kids off at school, mm -hmm. hop on the computer and come on Zoom and we'll chat for, like, 30 minutes. Yeah, come on, girl, please. We knew you were, like, itching to respond to us. Don't... Honestly, ignore what your people, quote unquote people, your entourage have to say. Yeah. Like we're a fun little cute sassy podcast. That's part of your your brand. So get into it. Yeah. Building on the story we have chosen, she is, you know, at least from what she said in announcing the partnership, she is looking to get back to the big time, the big uh, finals of Grand Slams. And, you know, I've talked a few times about my favorite final with her at Wimbledon 2019 against Serena. She played like a perfect match. I think she had like two errors or three errors. It was perfection. So we definitely want to see that. And she doth take away a coach from one Serena Williams, who we haven't seen in a while. And the one and only Aldwin has posted several polls <laughs> inquiring about whether uh, Serena and Venus will be back on the court whilst they 
look all glam and fab going out to events. Exactly. Do you know where Serena Williams is right now? I do not. But uh, she, wait, wait the, she was wasn't she in Paris or something? Uh, she was on the ground. She was on the ground in a dress. Like that's what she's been doing with her time for the past three weeks. She's been posing in gorgeous dresses. I posted on our IG. Obviously, Venus and Serena, they were at some event and they were looking fabulous in their respective dresses. And I said, these look, these two really look like they're ready to be competitive again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because I saw on her Instagram, being Serena, the day or the day after this news of Simona t- taking on Patrick, uh, that she's getting ready to play Wimbledon, Serena. Ooh, do you think there there was a bit of like um, that that post was in response to the announcement of um, Halep snatching Maradaglu away from her? I mean, perhaps there's a little bit of underhandedness, but I suspect Patrick and Serena have enough respect that they had a conversation about it, and Serena said it was fine for you to go work with Simona. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything sort of underhanded there or any shade going on. But it's nice that Serena plans to play Wimbledon because it was the last time we saw her. Yeah. Yeah, we all miss her. So what do you think? Do you think this is a good partnership for, for do, what do they call her? Simi? Simona? Simo? Halepe. <laughs> my little, uh, or uh, doesn't Brad Gilbert call her my little jalapeno? <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah. Cute I th- little diminutive. Yeah, I think, you know, if she wants to get back to the big time, she sort of debuted with the Maradaglu Mar- clan crew mm-hmm. um, in Miami, or was it Indian Wells? She Who, had, Simona did? Yeah, she had a couple folks from Patrick's Academy mm. uh, with her. Um in Indian Wells or Miami. I forget. Wherever she made the semis. So it was a bit of a test. Yeah. I think she had a trial run with their crew and then they had further conversations and she's like, I want the big cheese. I want the guy whose name is on the court. Yeah. I mean, when you look at this partnership, to me, it's a perfect partnership because Serena at the time that she linked up with Murata in more than one ways, like let's not forget that they had a bit of a romantic situation as well. Um, Serena was already an accomplished tennis champion and with him she won two additional Australian Opens a whole whack of other Grand Slams so Simona having been or currently being a Grand Slam champion herself is just looking to take herself to the next level so if you look at the score of tennis coaches out there I don't think there's anyone other than Maradoglu for Simona to kind of take herself to that next level yeah and I think, you know, it's hard to know what players in, have in their minds these days in terms of the longevity of their career. And Simona is 30, maybe 31. Mm. So she's, you know, on the on the back end, I guess. Although, you know, we're talk, we're going to talk about another player who's training himself and who's approaching 41. <laughs> so <laughs> you never know. But, you know, Ash Barty retired at 25. So people have different trajectories. And perhaps for Simona, she's like, perhaps this is my, my na- last chance f- 
to, to have a nice run for the next three or four years as I approach 35 and maybe that will be it for me. But she still, you know, got fire and we talked about how at Indian Wells there was just a different um, energy that mm-hmm. she was bringing uh, to the court. You know, she was fired up um, winning points as much as she was fired up when she was hitting errors. So it was just a different energy for her and hopefully that is renewed further um, with with um, the partnership with Patrick. Yeah, you know what she likes so much about Patrick? That booty? <laughs> I mean, personally, if I was if I hired Patrick as a coach, I would just want, be wanting to watch him from behind the whole time. <laughs> I would be so mesmerized. I mean, come on. But um, you know, she said in a statement after she had mentioned that she was linking up with Muradoglu, she said, you know, he says few words, and you understand perfectly what you have to do. I like the way that he's super short in what he has to say, but super strict and to the point. So she's looking to be like told, this is what you do, do it, and you're gonna win. Like no kind of like massaging, no kind of like you know flowery words. It's like, bitch, this is what you're gonna execute. And if you don't execute, you're going to lose. If you do, you're going to have a couple more slams in your bag. Yeah. So he's probably not going to call her bitch, but I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> uh, when do you think they're going to like, I don't know when Simona plays next. I, I assume she's going to make an appearance on the play in either Stuttgart or somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, I would say as soon as possible. Yeah. I mean, that would be that would make the most sense. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, when she was making her return back in 2020, everyone was looking forward to seeing her on the clay. Because I think she she sort of skipped all those U.S. hard courts, you know, post, mm-hmm. post-COVID and prepped on the clay. So um, we'll be looking forward to that. And she, you know, if, if she gets off to a good start, the clay court season, she might be one of the favorites at the French. I hope so. We need someone to really stake claim at that French Open other than Iga Sviantek. Yeah. Because anyone, if the, if the French Open started right now, just give it to Iga. Agreed. No one can, no one can be her right now. That is very true. So good luck, uh, Simona. Of the other three, what would be <laughs> the biggest for you? Shall we count down? <laughs> okay, let's do it. One, two, three... BB. BB. Wow. <laughs> we are totally We're like in sync tennis soulmates. Right We're in sync. Bye, bye, bye. Um, yeah, I think BB coming back is is uh, hot news. Um, um, as you pointed out, oftentimes she posts hitting that forehand on her Instagram and then a few days later gives us the dear dear fans <laughs> instagram post hopefully that is not the case for stuttgart which starts on monday mm-hmm. so yeah i'm looking forward to seeing what she's got obviously she's got some catching up to do against mm-hmm. some of these other plaguers plague plaguers <laughs> players <laughs> like Iga, who i think is in the draw in stuttgart yeah, I mean, I did a little snooping, as one does when you're a podcaster, to see what she's been posting on her IG and on her um, on her wall. And different this time from previous attempts at coming back to tennis, she's been relatively quiet. Um, so I think that's really good for her. Listen, she's been away from the game for six months. The last the last match that she played was a loss to Contavite at Indian Wells last fall. Remember, because it was pushed to the fall. Yeah, and um, I don't think she has 
I mean, this is going to sound pretty severe, but I don't think she really has an excuse to like not play Stuttgart. You know, we've been ragging on these women, ragging on these men uh, that we want to see do well, not playing any matches. It's like, girl, if you want to win, you got to play matches. If you want to vie for slams, you got to get in there. So, you know, I also am very curious to see how she's going to do. Like, wouldn't it be so so interesting to see like an Iga... And an Iga Bianca matchup in like the third or fourth round, mm-hmm. like that would be kind of cool to see. Yeah, it's definitely going to be possible since she's currently ranked 120, <laughs> which is why she ne- needed a wild card. But she's been gearing up at Rafa's Academy in M- M- Mallorca. Uh-huh. So she's, uh, you know, she's taking, th- you're taking things seriously when you're going to the Rafa Academy. <laughs> Yeah, there's no better place to prep for a clay court tournament than Rafa. I mean, you have that you have that uh, that distinguishment of you know being the king of clay. Where else would you go to try to prep for the clay court season? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm excited to see her. Obviously, there's always um, chatter uh, when she's in the draw, and we're all hopeful that she'll do well. Mm-hmm. Um, I always tend to forget. You know, players like her, um, players like Benchich, who we're going to talk about later, like, she's still super young. She's not even, she's like 21 years old, Bianca. Yeah. So. I I actually have a an interesting question for you. Um, based on her play from last year, obviously, because we covered her, we covered her return back to tennis after having taken some time off with from injury. Um, what is it about her game that you think she really has to kind of fine tune and like get correct in order to do well at some tournaments? I have an idea, but like, I'm just curious to know what you think. God, I mean, we've always, um, applauded her variety. Mm -hmm. Um, it's one of the things that we found as a strength in comparison to other players like, uh, Naomi, for example, and, uh, Sabalenka, who were we considered more sort of one or two notes mugu as well mm-hmm. so she has a lot of weapons and she'll be one to just really need match play and gear herself into it but you know when she came back in miami um i think maybe she had one other tournament before miami last year but she was playing you know those rough three set three hour <laughs> matches zachary i think she had a tough match and then she injures her injured herself in the final which sucked yeah but you know she just needs that match play and to work herself into it and then she needs to get into matches with with tougher opponents and you know deal with she's gonna have to deal with a few losses i think but yeah, yeah agreed i think she just has to find her range yeah. i mean she i i am thinking particularly about her match against shea at the australian open last year where she overhit and overcooked everything and i think that with her just trying to be patient from the jump and you know she clearly does not have the same conditioning that she would have had if she played matches throughout the year but like she's got to know that she can ha- she has to like stick in a point until she finds her opening instead of like overcooking a shot doing like a felix well more so a dennis i would say who like just likes to hit the flashy shot like she has all of the tools like you said and she just needs to learn to be a little bit more patient from the outset yeah. is my kind of take on her yeah agreed and she always has that sort of loopy ball to reset the point yeah girl bitch use that <laughs> use that like <laughs> yeah anyway so we're two for two um 
I don't know that my care, <laughs> my care factor is the same to des- decide on the the last two, but maybe we could start with Roger. I would say Roger's probably the. You, you're literally my twin. <laughs> I was gonna say the same thing. I don't care about Kim, but go ahead. Let's talk about Roger. <laughs> I mean, his last uh, return to tennis uh, <laughs> was. <laughs> was short-lived because I think he was still having issues with the knee, um, which is why he bowed out of the French Open after the third round last year to prepare himself for Wimbledon Mm -hmm. and made it to the quarterfinals and lost in straight sets to Hubie. Mm. What are, you know, he's 40 years old. You (laughs) popped on IG and... um, Someone called you a hater um, just just because you gave an option of girl by in terms of <laughs> in terms of the prospects for his return. No doubt people are excited. No, no doubt people want some nostalgia. No doubt people want one more round of him at Wimbledon, and they'll he'll be the um, sentimental favorite. But like, what are the what are the chances? What are what are the chances? <laughs> I mean, listen, you, I'm going to group you in with me. Jason and I love a Federer moment. Let's just make that clear. So all of you Federer lovers that think we're haters, you can just just zip it for one second, okay? Like, we want Federer to have his moment. We want him to... We want his legacy to continue. Um, but we're also realists to a certain degree. I mean, him... Listen, for me, watching him post that those videos of him doing those lunges and the rehab was like, girl, please. Like... <laughs> We get it. We know that you're trying to get back there. It, 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 he's taking us on an emotional roller coaster because truly, when if you recall back to our episode on Wimbledon and him announcing that he had sustained another injury and would have to kind of go through surgery again and climb that uphill battle, it's like, oh, I'm exhausted, bitch. Like, you know, just get get well and get back to the top form so you can, you know, take Rafa to five sets or Joko, whoever it is. And claim that last Wimbledon title that you are owed, okay? But, um, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, what are his chances? I'm going to be honest and say, like, close to zero. So, yeah, maybe you Federer fans can come for me. <laughs> and, and you know, take that soundbite and, you know, post it all over the interverse when uh, when he wins his <laughs> Wimbledon title. Ooh. But I just, I know, I just don't think so. You know what, though? Good for him. Good for him for, for mounting a comeback. I do, yeah. I think the the prospects for him are low. I mean, simply recovering from a knee injury is not easy. Um, you can ask a whole laundry list of players. Uh, Delpo has since retired <laughs> after one match. Um, I'm still recovering from my own knee injury. <laughs> not that I'm in any category um, compared to Federer, but... I think Wimbledon will always be his last best uh, chance. He's won it eight times. He has made an additional four finals, the last one being in 2019, which was epic. And the Mm. first and only 12-all final set that we will ever see um, (laughs) where Joko prevailed. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's obviously great for tennis. It'll be great for Wimbledon. Um, to see one last hurrah, I think you know we can only expect perhaps another a season or maybe a half season, and then he takes a break and then comes back perhaps for another half season in twenty twenty three, and that's probably uh, curtains because then he's getting into like 
Kumiko Date Krum and <laughs> Martina Navratilova <laughs> territory. Jimmy Connors. And, yeah. Well, Jimmy was 39 when he had that um, U.S. Open run, so he's now past past that. And and McEnroe, I think, was 39 when he made the Wimbledon, Wimbledon semifinal, semifinal in 92, yeah. Well, listen, you and I being, well, me on the precipice of turning 40, um, what a wonderful story that would be for Roger Federer to make a run in his 40s at the Wimbledon t- uh, for the Wimbledon title at a time when men's tennis is probably the best it's ever been in decades. Mm-hmm. So Agreed. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. And uh, Kim Kleisters, we wish you the best. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to come on our show. Let's okay. Listen, yeah, okay. I, 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 I walk the tightrope of being uh, cute and sassy and a bit shady and wanting to have players on the show, but I always end up skewing cute and sassy and definitely shady. <laughs> um, girl, did you really need to announce your retirement? Like, was that a necessary thing for you to do? Really? I think it's just like making it point blank blank in the period clear because you know we've <laughs> talked many times of like where is she you know she, oh she's in this draw oh no she had to withdraw oh is she at this tournament no she's sitting in the stands watching the matches <laughs> <laughs> so it's like maybe she was like oh well people are wondering where i where i be okay okay that's fair yeah uh, that's fair i mean we we always want to send some love your way um yeah sure Okay. <laughs> I, I don't think, know what else to say. I think maybe she has uh, I, she has maybe done some broadcasting, so maybe that's one of her next moves. I think she would be good on doing commentary on matches. Agreed. And she's so beloved by like the tennis community at large. Yeah. You know, she has... Um, I mean, she did, again, we mentioned this before, she did get in a little bit of hot water, even though she didn't name Emma Raducanu specifically. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it, you look at everything that she said, how could she not be talking about Emma? Um, but that's always, like, listen, we're podcasters. Like, you know, I think that's kind of part of the deal if you're going to be a commentator on tennis is just giving it real. And the fact that she is able to do that is going to make her a big... Um, draw for um, for a lot of people that are watching tennis. Yeah, and you talked about that on your very entertaining solo episode. <laughs> that's not available. That's on not Spotify. Av- available on Spotify. <laughs> but we're gonna make available. <laughs> we are on the same page today because I was. That's exactly why I wanted to bring that up. Um, so Aldwin did his solo episode, <laughs> and he has not edited in a while and missed a step. Uh, so we're going to get that up on Spotify for y'all in the next day or two. Um, because we love you, Spotify listeners. <laughs> yeah. Um, 20% of our listenership. <laughs> do you know where Kim lives now? Uh, California? She lives in New Jersey. What? Does that so- seem a little bit weird? I don't know why it seems weird. <laughs> Like what is I know her husband is a basketball player or oh. a former basketball player. So okay. maybe that's what I don't. Is. I mean, there are nice houses in Edison. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we've officially digressed. Um, but sticking with the women, we're going to talk about the actual tennis. So you yeah. also hopped on uh, IG Live, <laughs> and people gave some opinions about the charleston winner so the first <laughs> event uh on clay for the ladies this past week a five wta 500 uh was won mm-hmm. by the one and only uh, other Sw- swiss miss um 
who's not named Federer, Belinda Bencic. Belinda Bencic. Um, it was interesting because when I hopped on the live an hour before recording, I just wanted to see what people's opinions were about Belinda in general. Uh, we haven't heard from her in a bit. She had a nice move in Miami, um, and clearly she took that momentum with her to her first clay court title um, in Charleston. Pretty astounding defeat because you would figure that Ons Jabor would have that shit in the bag, knowing that that girl knows how to hit a mean drop shot, which is... Okay, honestly, just for, let me digress for a second. <laughs> when you're watching a clay court tournament, it literally it's like, who's going to drop shot first? Yeah. Right? Very true. So, and, and Ons was just executing that all the way up and down the draw. Um, general kind of feedback about Belinda, <laughs> words like petulant came to, <laughs> uh, you know, were, were discussed. That's and very descriptive. I, <laughs> it is very descriptive. It was from this one IG listener and one of our followers, and he was saying that like it's hard to get behind Belinda because she gives the same vibe and energy as Yelena Ostapenko when she's not playing well, like a bit bratty, a bit petulant, like smacking the tape of the net, you know, just like not liking it when things going her way, like making a sour face. And like I didn't completely disagree with him. Um, but am I happy that she won? I don't know if happy is the word. <laughs> what is the word? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm neutral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's not necessarily a player I uh, get behind a ton. I recall, you know, the match against Bianca in 2019, the U.S. Open semifinal. <laughs> She definitely had chances. She was playing amazing, and Bianca was able to come through. But yeah, I think I, I maybe people are being a little bit tough on her because I feel like Iga is the same in terms of like when things aren't going her way, she like slaps her leg. I mean, a lot of things have been going her way recently, so um, <laughs> that's not the best example. But you know, when she's losing a set, she gets frustrated, or she'll call a trainer, or she'll look at her coach. So it's not. It's not um, something that other players that people perhaps are connected with more right now don't do, but I, mm -hmm. I hear what they're saying. I hear what they're saying. Yeah, I mean, you even said in our prep for this show, like, do you want to talk a little bit about how she came off in the um, post-match um, celebration when she received her trophy talking about Ons? Yeah, I think she's just, she seems, at the end of the match, she seems like somebody who's very connected to a lot of the locker room and a lot of the players and you know they had a nice embrace hug at the end of the match after winning so yeah i i don't know i thought that was nice and you know we watch all those shady vi videos of wta players i think there's there's a bit of a a move towards more sportsman sportswoman chip <laughs> Yeah. <coughs> oh my God. <coughs> that gin and tonic came up the wrong way. <laughs> <coughs> I will say that when I watched the post-match on-court um, trophy presentation, that when she was so gracious to Ons um, in her in her speech, she was like, don't worry, Ons. I don't want you to cry. You know, you're an amazing player and an even amazing person. Like all of these wonderfully gracious words that she was sharing, it made me feel like a total bitch because I'm like totally judging her this entire time. Like I want Ons to win so hard, but something has to be said for just like, you know, yeah, you're just like on court demeanor. Like it's very easy to get behind Ons Jabor. 
Um, and she's so well liked, especially when you watch her Twitter kind of exchange with Annette and how like friendly she is. Like those are the things that really ingratiate yourself with the tennis community at large. And I don't know that Belinda does a lot of that. Maybe it's not her personality, but like, okay, I'm glad you got your gold medal. You got your first, you know, um, clay court title. I hope you don't win the French. I would rather <laughs> have someone else win it, but okay. <laughs> so that's how we feel. We feel okay about her win. <laughs> yeah, I just feel I just feel okay. I mean, I'm not like root like oh, I can't wait for Belinda to win her next tournament. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think she would need to do to win over a few more fans, either? with her presence on court or her presence on the Soch? Uh, I don't know. I mean, listen, I think that, I think that there is a huge niche market of gays that love tennis. Don't you agree that all of these women players are just absolutely missing the mark on. I mean, come on now. Like if you do a little like rainbow flag, like, I don't know, like gay anthem post, and get these gays on your side, you will you will be beloved by the entire tennis world. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Yeah. She she I guess she's just not into the gays. <laughs> Somebody's gonna pull that quote <laughs> about Belinda. Um well congrats. You know, she looked good in her post match trophy pose with like mm-hmm. the white little dress and you know holding the trophy so congrats to her she's again another young one i think she's like 24 25 she it feels like she's been around forever she's been around for like a decade which is insane yeah you know she's been around for a long time she won the rogers cup in like 2015 yeah, something like that. So, like, you know, she's won her tournaments. You can go away now. Oh, my God. I'm kidding. That's rude. That's rude. I apologize. That was rude. <laughs> what are the other highlights for you from Charleston? Okay. I thank you for thank you for giving me the, um, the mic because I'm so excited to talk about Amanda. Amanda Nisimova. Mm. Um, I am obsessed with her. My obsession has grown. And it started, I can't even remember the year, but she made the semifinal of the French, I think in like 2018 or 2019, something like that. And since then, I've been obsessed with this like tall drink of water, blonde hair, like braided ponytail. Um, and I've, I, I've wanted her to do so well. And this tournament, she was just like killing it the entire tournament. And um her her game to me is very unassuming, but she has like really good. Um, she's really good, a really good forehand and backhand. Um, really doesn't have a weakness. I'd have to say, if anything, it was just her reluctance to go to net to finish points. But she was up two zero against Ons in that semifinal match in the third set, and I thought it was going to be her breakthrough to get to the final. I think if it was an Anisimova Benchich final knowing that Amanda can control from the backcourt, that Benchich would have been in a little bit more trouble. But, you know, talk about just, like, presence. Like, lashes for days. She's, like, waterproof <laughs> mascara. I'm just, I'm living for Amanda. And Amanda, we're fun. Come on our show, girl. <laughs> yeah, come on. You know, we're... Aldwin's almost double your age. You're 20. <laughs> Let's have some some girl chat. You hang hung out with our girl Eugenie. Yes. Sorry, Jeannie. 
Yeah, you're fun. Like that's that's our that's our brand. That's our vibe. Like we're not we're harmless. I thought you were gonna lead with wanting to talk about Coco V. Ew. Why? <laughs> Why? She had a little a nice little run to the quarterfinals. She's been off of people's tongues for a while, dealing with injuries and you know weird videos and challengers where she doesn't want to warm up in matches. <laughs> do you think that I have like? Do you think that I would be a person that would be into Coco V? No, I'm just kidding. Okay, I, I mean, like, I don't know her. I, that could be that could be misconstrued as shady. <laughs> yes, that is a common shady expression. I don't know her. So, other um, girls we wanted to talk about. I I have seen Sloane on her IG in and around town here in Toronto because she lost out in the first round. Yeah, you know what? Let me do. Uh, who did she lose to? Because I remember watching those highlights. She lost to uh, a Chinese player, if I recall. OMG. I did post about that, and I was like, y'all better watch out for the Chinese players because these girls are coming correct, and they are not... They're they're not playing. I mean, they're, they're playing, playing, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> they are. I mean, they they can't win if they're not, not playing. <laughs> but she lost the third set, six love, if I recall. Yeah, and so you're just disappointed in Sloan. I mean, I'm not disappointed that she comes to hang out in Toronto. I'm disappointed that she's not coming to hang out with us. Yeah, I mean, you can drop by Jason's condo for a minute or mine. Yeah. And we could have like an IG live. Yeah, we're we're happy to like go out as a foursome with you and your handsome husband. Yeah, he is a, a Toronto FC player. Correct. Yeah. What do you know his name? I don't. We should get okay. to know his name if we want to have her on the show. Yeah, you know what? Maybe we should do some scouting and hang out in like the Toronto FC locker room. Yeah, or hang out with or hang out at um, Luca Ethiopian Cafe, which is where they were for dinner one night. You know what? Let's stalk them. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not put it out there that we're stalking them. <laughs> I know. We should change that word. <laughs> yes. Let's edit that out. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, we want to see more Sloan wins than losses. As we do, we want to see more Layla wins than losses. Oof. Magdalenette. Who? I mean, we know, we all know who Magdalenette is, but like, what a disappointing opening around for her. Yeah. Losing. She had a bye, so this was a second round match. Mm-hmm. I mean, on a positive note, I thought she looked really cute in her Lululemon, like, complicated top um, outfit. Mm. We're going to talk more about kits a bit <laughs> later, no? Definitely, yes. Yeah. Anything else uh, about Charleston before we get on to the most important? Important tournament you want to talk about, which was in Houston. <laughs> I was like Monte Carlo. I'm, <laughs> um, no, I'm done with the ladies. Okay, they did have a new. I remember last year when they played in Charleston. It was that like cute little club by the <laughs> by the freeway, the like I whatever 84 expressway. Not that that's <laughs> not that that's the actual expressway. Don't come check me, people from the U.S. who are listening. But they haven't. They had a new stadium for okay. this, for this year's tournament. There was all this talk about the new stadium for the Charleston tournament. I'm. I want to just shout out a couple of our listeners. Anyone that's been to the Charleston tournament, let us know. Is it cute? Like, 
2021, 20, we're 2022 now. 2022 is still kind of a time for Jason and I to, you know, even though things are completely open up, I feel like next year will be a better opportunity for us to actually travel to these tournaments. Yeah. So, like, do we think Charleston's cute? Like, what's the gay vibe? Like, can we go to a bar? You know, let us know. <laughs> yeah. We'd love to, <laughs> love to go there. Um, okay. To Houston. They were on the men were on the clay in Houston, and uh, Opalka was the winner. Okay, um, <laughs> I you know how I feel about this. If there's an ATP tour tournament in Texas, I don't care. <laughs> the reason being is because Isner is always going to be in the final, and I really give zero shits about Isner. Um, I care a little bit more about Opelka because Opelka has the Venus connection. Right, had has who knows. Um, and I like it. We you know we like his vibe. He's like an arty guy. Um, Kyrgios was in Houston, so clearly you know we have a connection there. But sorry, Texas. I mean, maybe I'm gonna. I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. Alienate a lot of our listeners from Texas. Maybe you're just gonna listen to Jason now. But <laughs> I'm sorry if there's a tournament in Texas, I'm I'm out. But congrats to Opelka. Yeah, I guess you know everything is bigger in Texas is a slogan for a reason. <laughs> Because Opalka won in Dallas, and now he's won in Houston. You're right. Yeah. Didn't he? He got fined in Dallas. He got fined in Dallas. I forget. For wearing a hat. For wearing a hat during the trophy presentation. That's right. Yeah. I mean, actually, we shouldn't rag on Houston because there is a GLTA tournament there. Mm -hmm. And have you played that before? No, but there are GLTA tournaments in Houston. Dallas, Austin, and San Antonio, which is one that I have played. Ooh, I love San okay. Antonio. So, sorry, I know this is digressing a little bit, but like, how did you love that tournament? How was that? I liked the tournament. I love the city. The city mm. is very cool. Um, the water front is is awesome, and the people are just super nice. Okay, that makes me look like a complete dick, but <laughs> I'm so happy that you, you know, you kind of uh, took it back a little bit for us. I have been, I, ha I have been to <laughs> San Antonio previously for a work conference back in like 2008 or something and really loved it there. And when the GLTA had their first tournament there, I think it was 2017 that I went, I was like, I'm going to go. And it's, yeah, it was fun. They did a good job. Okay. Um, so your thoughts on Houston? I know that you had something interesting to say about Curios. Well, I mean, up again. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you know n no surprise that um, there was acting out behavior <laughs> <laughs> by uh, Nick Curios. It's become part of his beat. Mm. But uh, apparently, if I recall, the umpire after the match said that he made a bad call. Um, there was like a missed call, I think, during the his match against um, Opelka. And um, that was what Curious was mad about. And, you know, smashed his racket and all that stuff. Was it a close semifinal between Riley and Nick? Yeah, I believe it was maybe 6-4, 7-6. I think one of the sets went to a tie break, but... Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, if, on a positive note, that's like another deep run in a draw for Nick. Yeah, three in a row. So... Yeah, to see him do so well consistently is a positive thing. Um, I think it was a smart choice, actually, for him. I, I, I don't think, actually, he would have been... 
I can't imagine Nick wanting to qualify for Monte Carlo, but like for him to stay in the States, play a smaller tournament, but play on clay to prep him for, for the season was a good choice for him. Yeah. I don't know what other events he's going to play because he has already said that he's not going to play the French Open until next year. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're So right. I don't know yeah. if that means he's going to dump all the other opportunities in on the dirt in Spain and in Italy, but who knows? I mean, I would I would do a Benoit Perrin to show up and get that first round check. Yeah. <laughs> or <laughs> Milos. <laughs> Where is he? Milos, where are you? Are you? You. I... <laughs> Do you know, though? No, I don't. I think he's still... Maybe he's one. Maybe he's that player that you talked about. <laughs> okay, we'll get there. The do- oh, yeah. Oh, we haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm like, what are we talking about? Um, okay, so there was another 250 in Morocco, and we were going to play Guess Who Won? <laughs> because <laughs> this was not a tournament that you paid attention to, and I only saw who the winner was, so I clearly did not pay attention to it either. <laughs> oh, I, okay, I'm going to say it's... Um, Okay, uh, is it an Eastern European male tennis player? I'm not good with geography, but... <laughs> okay, a European? <laughs> a European player. Um, is it any of the players that play is cur- are currently playing in Monte Carlo? Yes. Oh, really? Yes. Rude? No. Not rude? Not rude. This Morocco tournament, I'm assuming, is 250. Yes, correct. Okay, so not Rude. Rublev? I mean, Rude was a good guess. He's the master of the 250. Not Rublev. Not Rublev. I'm going to give you one last... Yeah. I'm going to give you one last thing. That's... Yeah, because this could go on a bit longer than people care care about. I'm going to stick with the R's and say Rune. Incorrect. But Rune had a nice win today. He did? Yeah. Did he? I thought he lost today. Maybe it was yesterday. It was yesterday. Yeah. 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 Uh, it was the... Perpetual quarterfinalist. Go found. <laughs> it's so funny that you knew exactly who I was talking about. <laughs> he won something? He did. Wow. Yeah. The fuck? <laughs> Congrats. And now he's winning matches in um, Monte Carlo, which is what we're going to talk about next. I'm happy for him. He can pay his mortgage. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, a nice win for him. But it, I perhaps the other big story that we probably should have led with, which, you know, maybe it says how much we've thought about this player the last few months, is the return of Novak. <laughs> we didn't really, we haven't really teased that at all, but he made his return in Monte Carlo. Uh, you know what? I feel it's funny. This did come up in the IG Live because... As I was asking, what do you people want to talk about? Do you want... uh, What would be some topics on the episode that would really catch your attention? And, you know, at some point I said, oh, yeah, that's right. Novak Djokovic is returning to play this year. And they're returning to play, you know, after all of his COVID troubles and whatnot in Monte Carlo. I mean, do people care? And people did not care. Wow. Some... Like, listen, there weren't a lot of people on that IG live. (laughs) So not representative of the tennis community at large. But... I mean, do you, I mean, I think we have to care to some degree because we're podcasters, Yeah. but. Do you want to know how much I cared? I do. So I was at work and 
I knew about the match. I knew I was going to want to watch it. I found out the result of the match while I was at work. And I went back to watch the match just so that I could see how he played. Wow. Dedicated. Mm -hmm. He is... People, I know you don't like him. I know (laughs) you don't like that he hasn't got his COVID shots or COVID (laughs) booster and that he has stood by his convictions, but he still is the number one player in the world. He is ahead of Daniil Medvedev by exactly 10 points. And (laughs) we should care about his return because he is the defending French Open champion, and he is going to probably still be the favorite at that event, but he needs to work his way in. So he ran into some tough... Um, play from Davidovich Fokina, the other mm-hmm. of many three named Spanish players. <laughs> D- Davidovich, Davidovich Fokina is Brazilian. He's from Spain. <laughs> is he? Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was Brazilian. No, he's Spanish, hon. You know what? I'm going to Google that. I'm pretty sure he's Brazilian. <laughs> You're pretty sure Sinner is Australian, though, so... You're right, and I was completely <laughs> off. But, um, yeah, he just ran out of gas. It was a really... Okay, fine, you're right. He's, <laughs> he's, he's Spanish. You're right, you're right, you're right. Thanks. I have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, yeah, he just ran out of gas, and um, he fought hard in that second set to take it to a third. But, yeah, we have to pay attention to him as much as, you know, you might be fans of... Roger's return or Nadal's mm. return. Hopefully Nadal makes it back to the French so we can see another epic between those two players. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I watched his post match press conference and he was saying that, uh, <laughs> it's like a tongue twister. D- Davidovich Fikina, um, could have won that in straight sets, but you know, it's funny when you're on IG and you're just, you know, perusing the feed you get like a little update. It's like Djokovic wins the second set, takes it to a third. It's like, uh, obviously, I mean, you know, he's the number one player in the world. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm digressing a little bit, but it's going to be very interesting to see how Djokovic and Rafa, if Rafa even makes it to the French Open, to be honest, like how that's going to um, unravel is not the right word, but that's how that's going to kind of progress for both of them. Unfold. Unfold, unfold. Yeah. That's the word. That's yeah. the word. Unfold. Yeah. No. I'm. I mean, we're, we should all be very excited for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because it adds an element of an element of mystery. Yeah. Yeah. Because we have those two guys, and we have you know Zverev, who did well on clay last year. Sitsipas won in Monte Carlo last year. Made the final in Barcelona. Made the final of French. So we want all of those players in the mix. Yeah. Question for you. Yes. Do you think that Zverev went to Adidas and said, listen, team, listen, design team, I killed it in that sleeveless kit last year. So you got to replicate the same thing for me this year because I'm superstitious. And that's me showing my scrawny arms is going <laughs> to get me to my first Grand Slam title. You know you what? Think he's, you think he did that? I didn't see his uh, kit yet. I haven't seen one of his matches at Mo- in Monte Carlo, but he's wearing Underwe- a sleeveless. Underwhelming. Oh, okay. Ice blue Adidas, like, you know what? The fact that someone's getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to design a sleeveless, plain, ice blue kit gets me pissed. <laughs> because 
you know, I don't know. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm I'm talking out of my mouth right now. But, like, you and I have made designs for t-shirts before that are fucking amazing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're not getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars by Adidas. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just surprised he's wearing a sleeveless because it was, like, 15 degrees in Monte Carlo the other day. I'm telling you, he's just like, what did he win last year? Barcelona, right? He won, no, no, no. He in won Madrid. Um, Madrid. Yeah. That that phallic uh, trophy. Yes. As I'm like doing the gesture <laughs> thing with my hands. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's he's like, get me that sleeveless kit. I won Madrid with a with a sleeveless, so get me into it, just in a different color. <laughs> Should we talk about the kits before we talk about the one or two other players we want to talk about? Speaking of Adidas yeah. kits. Yeah, okay. I you texted me today and this kind of spurred my kind of fascination with the new kits that have been revealed at Monte Carlo this week. Your kit review. My kit review. What okay, what do you think about the new Nike kit? That Musetti was wearing the forest green with the white ticker tape. Yeah, Sinner is wearing it. Um there's a couple other I think um Dimitrov's wearing it. Yeah, it's very clean, simple. Um, like the shoes that go with it. Yeah, it's it's uh, perhaps a bit more basic than we're used to with Nike, but yeah, it's cute. Mm-hmm. I like the trim on the, the, the V-neck of the shirt. Yeah, it does look f- similar or familiar. You like... You like the color blocking on the side, like the for- forest green being on the body and then having the um, <clears throat> the color blocking of the white on the side. I would um, I would add a third color. I'd, I would add like a nice little lime green to it to, to add some contrast and sort of blend with the white, the forest green, lime green and white. You bitch, you are really fucking thinking there. Mm-hmm. That would be an excellent third color. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, we should design shirts. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but what about the Adidas ones? The one that um, um, Songa is wearing, and the winner today over um, <laughs> Unibrow guy. <laughs> Unibrow guy. What do you do? Un- who is this? U- Unibrow guy. What's his name? Who's the Who's the Unibrow guy? Um, Song. Wait, Alcaraz. what match? <laughs> you mean my boyfriend? Your boyfriend, yes, Alcaraz. Um, oh, yeah, uh, Sebi, Sebi, Sebi Korda. Korda, yes, good match, great match. Um, the Adidas, I think the Adidas kit is confusing. The hieroglyphic, For, the hieroglyphics. I don't want to have to. You, you know what it reminded me of? It's like remember when you're in elementary school and your teacher was like, "I want to keep you occupied," so he gave you like a worksheet with like a puzzle, like every symbol equated a different letter. So like you had to like look at the the uh, the key and figure out like, oh, <laughs> you know, the the bird of Osiris means letter F, and then to you're solve like, a puzzle, to solve a puzzle, and I'm like, what am I looking at right now? Right. People on the IG Live were ruthless, and so uh, so were the people that were posting on the Adidas Instagram um, account because the Adidas Instagram account were doing a little bit of a tease, and they're just like, oh, you know, new tennis performance T-shirt has something to do with like saving the oceans. Hashtag no more plastic waste. It's like okay, oh. cute. We like a good saving the ocean moment. You know, obviously, recycled materials and all of that. But, like, 
what is up with those symbols? Like, girl, it's just so confusing <laughs> and and messy and busy. Yeah. Yeah, so people didn't like it. I, um, yeah, there's been some interesting kit choices the last few weeks. Like, I remember seeing um, a clip of Diego Schwartzman warming up at some tournament and they, he was wearing some white shorts that kind of had, like, um they were all black on on his butt so it, okay. it kind of looked like they were burned <laughs> um, <laughs> like it was burned in and there was sort of a similar marking on on the shirt and i think it was just a warm-up but there was a lot of um shade like he had sh- he had shit his pants or something <laughs> on the ig i gotta find that post again but yeah i think you know some of the design choices are interesting adidas has had some interesting stuff the last um quarter you know through australia there were some weird choices um Sitsi's getting his own kits now um ah. outside of the adidas um sort of general stuff but yeah yeah i mean i guess maybe as we move on i do want to kind of google my ex-boyfriend's new kit um that he's debuted in monte carlo but I don't know. I I was under I, initially. I really liked that like soft pink kit that he was playing with like the um, vertical stripes. But I don't know. I got really tired of it quick. Oh, he's he's also wearing the weird hieroglyphics. Yeah. But in green. Okay. What was Felix wearing when he lost to Musetti? If I'm not mistaken, he was wearing like um like a baby blue. Okay, because he is also an Adidas. Yeah, I feel like there's two different kits going on here. Like he, um, uh, Zverev is wearing the sleeveless version of what Felix is wearing. Um, <clears throat> yeah, he's wearing like a baby blue uh, situation with like a tonal stripe. So, I mean, he, it looks really good against his nice chocolate skin. Um, he just doesn't care about the oceans. <laughs> is that why he's not wearing it? Yeah, he's like fuck the ocean. Like put put all the plastic in there. I think he's part of the. No, w- let don't drag us. I think he is part of the pla- <laughs> the plastics campaign as well. So <laughs> don't come for us, people. We're just we're just being sassy. Yeah. Like d- just chill out. Everyone chill out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't take us too seriously. Okay. We just want we just want FAA to win matches. <laughs> I know. And he came up against a pretty informed Musetti today. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what happens. I like Monte Carlo. I love the venue. It's always nice when they pan, you know, as they're prepping for the day. You see the water, you see the court. Um, yeah. And, the you know, it's great this year because last year there was 0.0 fans. Yeah, exactly. Didn't you say, I feel like you said in an episode last year that this was your... Fuck, I, I don't even think you said this. Is this your favorite tournament in it, terms of ambiance? I yeah, I mean it's it's I don't know if it's necessarily my fave, but it is in terms of like uh, the scene and the backdrop for where the matches take place. It's definitely one of my favorite, and you know, uh, definitely more fans this year. Last year was really just um, Sitsi's dad coaching from the side <laughs> <laughs> as he won the title. <laughs> I will say that, you know, in the progression of our podcast, this is probably going to be one of the last tournaments that we're going to uh, visit because, you know, Monte Carlo budget, 
I mean, we're going to be eating just like like the scraps from the garbage. Yeah, pricey. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be <laughs> taking people's. Yeah, we're going to be taking the food out of the garbage exactly because we had to pay for, pay the money for them tickets. Although I think Kim and Kurt have gone to the Monte Carlo tournament. Oh, Kim and Kurt. Wow. I think so. Uh, Rich. Kim, let us know. I know you listen. Let us know. I think I remember seeing you posting from there. That's amazing. Let us know if those ticks are expensive. <laughs> okay, I sorry. I, I know we're reaching the end of this um, episode, but I'm very curious to know what you thought about Vavrinka. Like, girl, Vavrinka. I know it's nice to see her back. Um, she's <laughs> another player who is obviously in the twilight. Uh, in the twilight. 37 years old. <laughs> loves to post himself drinking a Lavazza. <laughs> um, I, li- I definitely live for that. Loves to post himself sweating on that elliptical or sweating <laughs> on that treadmill. <laughs> and um, yeah, a- always a man who can give you some good tennis. Uh, a-, a guy who I've tried to, you know, have in my mind as I continue <laughs> to progress with my one-handed backhand. Mm. Had a nice three set match with Bublik. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, nice to see him back. Hopefully, um, he can get himself into more draws and more tournaments and we can see more play. He's mm. a former French Open champ. Yeah. I thought that he played a very stellar first set against Bublik. Kind of like, you know, a, a, the stand of old. And then, you know, conditioning. It just kind of got the best of him, and uh, but it was a I thought I thought it was a positive match for him because he hasn't really played anyone of Bublik's caliber caliber in a while. He's kind of been toiling on the, you know, chal- not I don't think challenger, but like the what's the step below? I'm losing. I think he played a couple challenger events, couple, but he yeah. has he hasn't been playing f- since the fall. I think last year or so. Yeah, so yeah. good to see how he measured up against someone like Bublik, who's Maybe. playing very well, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's taking things a bit more seriously now, which is good. No more underhand serves from her. Um, maybe Vavrenka's conditioning is not so good because he's having too many lavazas on the treadmill. Yeah, can I be honest? And I know this is a complete um, you know call on his physical description, but he was carrying some tig bitties. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like he's fit. I I think the the shirts just fit weird on him. What, yeah? I think so. Yeah, I think he's I think he's fit under there. <laughs> I, okay. I think so. I don't know. I'll take um, your word for Vavrinka, it. Vavrinka, snap us a shirtless shot so we can <laughs> post it on our IG and so we can know. So yeah, we can know. Show us your tig bitties. Yes, yeah, show us your tig bitties. <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of tig bitties, episode 100 <laughs> is next week. <laughs> And we are so excited, and we are going to be so prepared, like we were this week. What I had so much fun this episode. I never, we never really say that, but it was just like stupid and fun. Yeah. Well, we say it after. We don't say it before, or <laughs> we say it. We don't say it before we end. Yeah. But yeah, we usually say it after. And now we're letting you in on a little secret. We say that after almost every episode. <laughs> Almost everyone. <laughs> Except when we're talking. Anyway. <laughs> if you want to support the show, hit us up at patreon.com forward slash ready play tennis. And we shall see you uh, next week for Hundo. hundred episode. <laughs> oh, oh, no, 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 no. Okay. Listen to me. I'm sorry. I have to interject here. You know what coincides with your, with the hundredth episode? 
kind of. Your birthday, bitch. <laughs> it's your birthday next week. That's right. We're going to recycle that Layla <laughs> birthday message where she said she can't wait to come back uh, and talk to us on our podcast. I'm going to do a call out right now. Uh, all of our listeners, I want you to send a birthday message to Jason. His birthday is April 19th. Right? That's correct. See, I remembered. <laughs> send send your send your birthday messages to Jason to our DM. And by birthday messages, we're not going to do chintz out and we're going to do like a fucking message. You're going to send a video. Okay. And we're going to have, we're going to give a nice birthday celebration to our girl, Jason, on the 19th. Coincides with our 100th episode. So I'll post it on the IG, send your videos, and it'll be cute. That's, you're making me <laughs> blush. <laughs> 44 yo flip it flip it upside down it's two h's <laughs> stupid okay okay see you next week bye happy birthday to me <laughs> we're here for your tennis tainment or your tentertainment or whatever it is but if you like what we're serving up please give us a five-star review and like share and subscribe and like such as wait one more thing don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Ready Play Tennis Podcast.